Welcome to Dear Alice, a lifestyle approach to interior design. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dear Alice. Today, we've got Jess and Corey. We are going Hello. to be talking about the podcast. Um, our, our podcast today is actually comes from a listener question. So thank you to the listener for writing in. She had um, a good question that we felt like this would be a whole podcast, not just a quick answer. She said, I would love to hear y'all's, y'all discuss the process, what the process was like for you personally and what you learned what you would do differently, et cetera, when you built your own homes. So Corey and I have both done that. Mm-hmm. And we thought we would spill it, sister, on this podcast yes. about what we learned just to try and help you overcome some of the shortcomings that maybe we experienced. And we're doing this as professionals and we still experience certain shortcomings. So hopefully we can help you not... Um, have to fall into those same traps. So, but totally. before that, I want to give a quick shout out to um, our supporter, Alice Lane. Uh, I want to make sure you guys know who we are in case you want to follow us on Instagram. If you're on the gram, um, we are Alice Lane Interior Design. That is the side of the business that is always building new homes. Uh, so we we build from the ground up or we remodel whole homes and then we also furnish them. So we're sharing the process on there a lot. So visually you'll get to see the work that we're doing. And I think if you're listening to this podcast, you'll really love following that account. So that's Alice Lane Interiors. So go there and check us out. Give us a follow. If you're interested in like the products that we sell, the store side, then that's Alice Lane Home. Uh, either way, we would love to have you follow us and, um, and, uh, and we love that you're listening to us. So thank you. Okay, over to the podcast. Uh, so let's answer that question. Corey, I don't know. First off, let me um, let me just give Corey a better intro. I know a lot of people have been like, we want to know more, more about Corey. I, I feel like we do this. Like, it's like once a year. There's yeah. been like three. Yeah. Because I was popping so, in and out. So. Yeah. So Corey's official title is, um, what is it? Head of Special Projects. Yes. Director of Special Projects. Director of Special Projects. So yes. if you guys work in a business, so you know there's always special projects. And you're like, who do we give those to? Because they don't fall in a department. So Corey has made his own department and there's always special projects going on, which one of one of them is Dear Alice, yeah. our podcast. Yeah. So Corey also is a musician and he runs uh, the soundboard here during our podcast. And then also has a male point of view, which we love. And um, Corey, you got a, your start you built doors in the beginning. So he knows how things are built. He also built his own cabinets in his kitchen and you probably have finished your house by yourself. Yeah. Me and me and two other guys, but we, and we worked together in the construction industry for a long time. So I learned a lot when you like learn the aspects of building doors, let's say you like, you can Mm. relate that to cabinetry like pretty easily. Um, So yeah. So I built, my own cabinets. That's two kitchens I've built for myself and, and multiple others for other people. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Corey's also the kind of guy that like everything is figure outable. So he can figure out anything, which is really great, which is why he's good at special projects. Cause yes. even, if, even if you don't know how to do it, you're like, I'll figure it out, which is nice to have somebody like that, um, near, near to us. But besides that in your personal life, you're also a rock star. Yes. You have your own band, which yep. is Spirit City. Spirit City. Yeah. We've been doing that for a long time. We've had like really good success um, commercially as far as like, it's called sync licensing, like placements in movies and TV shows and stuff like that. Uh, there was a newspaper article written on us here in Salt Lake City that said like, we're the band that you have 
heard a million times but don't know or something along yeah, those yeah, lines so totally. um yeah because our music is in a bunch of stuff so that's been really fun yeah what are, what are a few that you're the most proud of um, our, one of our songs is like f- mainly featured in the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer. That's kind of what like kicked off that career, but we have stuff Amazing. like all over MTV. The craziest thing is, is literally we're international. Like we'll get statements quarterly of like where our stuff is at. And it's like trending in like Vietnam and like Indonesia. And it's, Crazy. it's weird to think that, yeah. that people are like listening to these songs that we're writing here in like Utah County, you know, but uh-huh. It's cool that it's happened. So, cool. so check him out, Spirit City. You're on Spotify and Apple Music and yeah. all the places. Yep. yep. Yeah. So good. So that, amazing. That between that being a dad, working at House Lane, which I'm really pas- passionate about, keeps me super busy. Yeah. So. The other special project that we do together is we built um, all of the Jay Bennett collection. Yes. And um, source that, and um, we primarily have it built in Indonesia. So Corey is constantly talking on WhatsApp um, at weird hours of the day yeah. to our good friends over in Indonesia, just insisting that the quality be what we want it to be, and to send us lots of photos of the process and everything else. So it's fun to see how the sausage gets made, and um, Corey is a big part of making sure that all of that stuff gets made right and gets on the right boat and gets here and um, gets offloaded and that we get to experience it. So it's really fun having that dream come true. So anyway, Corey wears all the hats. So thanks for joining us um, as always on the podcast, Corey, and for helping us produce this thing and make it all happen. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, Corey built um, his home most recent. Uh, How long ago did you build? I moved in March of 2021. So it was pretty much end of 2020, early 2021. So you've been in it a little over a year Yeah, and you had to build it in this monster of a market. Oh yeah. It was like, I feel like, yeah, I I was at like the iceberg tip of it Yeah, and it's just gotten crazier since then. But yes, it was definitely, I experienced like that first when like lumber packages doubled, that's when I had to buy my lumber lumber package. So it was... Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, so you built it with love and swear words. Yep. Yes, <laughs> yes that's perfect. <laughs> yeah, uh, awesome. And I built my house um, 2014 and 2015. So um, that's- probably, probably a good time to build, right? Yeah, it turns out. Yeah. Who, know, who knew? I mean, my interest rate at the time was like um, four and a half, five percent which were there again. Mm-hmm. So- um, Yeah, that was the benefit. Mine was 2.5. Yeah. So, which you can't predict. Uh-uh. That's probably can't. like, that's our first bullet point, right? There's just- always going to be things that you cannot predict and you yeah. kind of just have to just roll with the punches. Definitely. And probably in your relationship, if you are married, one of you cares a lot about predictable things and likes to control things. Mm-hmm. They should have um, very little to do with the build because they're going to find this process to absolutely make them lose their mind. Yeah. yeah. It's if, if you like to make a million decisions yeah. Build a house because yeah. that's that's exactly what it is. You're just going to have to every day make five to 10 decisions that you're going to have to live with for however long you're living in the home. So, yeah. yeah. And you can make those decisions, um, I always say, with time or with money. So um, sometimes those, the thing that you want is going to cost more money and you can make that decision or you can decide not to spend as much money or time will make the decision for you. Like yep. is what, what's happening right now in our marketplace where nothing is in stock. And so if you need to be able to move into your house and get occupancy, then you're like, you know what? That's the faucet I want, but I'm going to choose the faucet that I would never choose yep. or that I like. Okay. Because that's what's available. 
Same thing with hardware. Um, like that, the list goes on and on and on. And hopefully whoever's building has a really great builder that you can navigate this process with. And even before you start, they say, we need to get, you know, windows decided on trusses, appliances, all these things need to be ordered before we break ground mm -hmm. so that they set you up for success um, so that your delays don't become crazy and you're, um, you're, you can only stay in your rented place for so long or your house sells out from under you. Mm -hmm. You have to move twice in the process. So, or if you're paying interest on your construction loan, that type of thing. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Okay. So let's talk about um, what we would do differently when we built our home, like, like this listener wanted to know. Um, from me personally, uh, I, I took on a lot of it. I'm a very like controlling person, meaning I like to control all the aspects of the projects that I'm working in, which is just not reasonable. It was way stressful. When we did a podcast with Corey Robinson, of um robson home builders yeah. he was like that should be you know an, an, an awesome process and it was just really was like enjoy the build yeah That's yeah the tagline yeah. yeah so um definitely i would try to partner with someone where you feel like you can hand them mm -hmm. the the reins and then they can take it over for you that match your vision um can stay within your budget because that's can be a highly stressful thing yeah uh and um not only match the vision, but be able to, uh, to realize it mm -hmm. the way that you're, you're thinking. And cause some people, some people cannot, that's just the unfortunate truth. Some people will say like, Oh, like you want a, um, let's say this was one thing in my house that I just, I don't love. And this is, I don't think it's any fault of anybody's, but it's like this certain, um, hood for my kitchen. And mm -hmm. I end up having to just like build it myself because the framer couldn't take it there. Yeah. He framed something. I ended up tearing it down and me and me and a friend just like built it in an evening mm -hmm. and put it up there. I was just like, that's what I wanted. And I had shown pictures and stuff. So it's just basically just trying to get someone to be able to realize like, oh, I have this sub that can do this yeah. or this guy isn't good at this. So I'm going to have him do it. Yeah. Finding a builder that can do that, I think is worth their weight in gold. For sure. In my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Um, one thing that was really frustrating for me um, or I guess I wish I would have done differently. And that was um, finding out more about the costs of certain things, because there's a thing that happens when, or at least for me in my mind, this might happen in the mind of women that haven't been in construction before, like you, Corey. So when I'm, you've got a finished worker at your house. He's, he's doing your casing. He's doing your base. Mm -hmm. He's um, he can do any sort of decorative, anything super talented. And so you're like, Oh, um, so I want these custom balustrades and I want this custom newel post and, oh, I didn't tell you, but I want to do all this finished work on this big main ceiling in my family room. And, you know, they can make a coffered ceiling for you, or they could make a crown mold or no, you know, so there's all of this icing on the cake that they can do for you. Mm -hmm. I didn't ask what any of those things cost in the process. I was just like, oh, while you're here. Can Let's, you do this? Yeah. Can you? And he was like, oh, okay. I, I didn't know that. And luckily he wasn't like, I got to get onto the next job. I thought we were just ripping base and case for your house. Mm -hmm. And then even then when I did my base, I was like, oh, I want this profile, something that I found a picture. And they're like, that's not standard. We have to cut it. We have to make a knife for that. And I'm like, okay, great. Yeah. I'm so glad that you know how to do that. Yeah. And so they're like, okay, well, a custom knife is $500. I'm like, oh, $500. That's not a whole lot for getting the exact baseboard that I really, really want. And then they use, they use 
a piece of that to make the casings for the doors and the window casing. So I was like, oh yeah, that $500 is perfect. Well Let's do that. So we did that. And then it's so fun. So making these custom balustrades and I've guys still to this day, I have no idea what they cost. I just know my house was almost double over budget. Mm. And so that's a really hard thing to explain to the bank and to my significant other and they just don't understand why and how it got I'm like I got a handyman right here he's he's saying yes to me he'll do anything I want Mm -hmm. but I didn't ask like what's the cost of this ceiling going to be and then try and value engineer it to go okay let's do that but let's take away the box beams or let's take away that or maybe use a different cut of wood you know on the tng or something like that so i probably should have paid closer attention like to ask him to give me ballpoint ballpark numbers before i gave him the okay to just finish work the heck out of my house yeah so yeah i think that's like a good point like nobody in other than upfront, no one likes to talk about money through the process because no. it's no you one likes having a conversation. You already know what the cost of the house is going to be, but for some reason, the builder didn't know that I wanted to do all this finish work. You know, mm, like yeah. it wasn't in those plans. So, and sometimes cabinetry isn't all reflected either. Sometimes the builder thinks it's just the kitchen, and you're like, oh no, I want cabinetry in my closet, and I want built-ins in my master bedroom, and I want them in my basement and you know, you have the equivalent of three kitchens in your house and you've only bid one. Yep. So yeah, it gets expensive quick. And I think builders, most of the time they're just building kind of like, you know, within the realm of spec homes. So they're just like, this is what's in every house. And they have like that list and they put it together and you get this number and you're like, sweet, I'm building my dream house for let's say 550,000, which is very cheap these days. But, um, and then it ends up being 700,000 and you're like, holy smoke. Well, it's cause you did all of this and it adds up very quickly. Yeah. Um, I mean, sure. it did for me, I was like $50,000 over. So 10% over in my home, which Congrats. actually sounds like pretty reasonable Especially in 2021. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, yeah. And I like, I did all my base in case, all my finish work besides my stair system. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and all my cabinetry. So so if you hadn't done that, you would have been I would have been way above 25%, 30. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 25 to 30% above. Sure. So I think the hardest thing right now for our clients that we talk to is that so many of them started on their plans and um, on their bank loans and everything else in 2019. And then they broke ground somewhere way delayed in 2020. Right. Well, that's us with the, the new building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the shortages happened and then the prices increased because of the shortages and most of them, last I checked, were 60 to 70% over budget. Yep. And these are luxury, you know, multi, multi million dollar, 11,000 square foot homes. And so, you know, I think everybody sort of has a slush fund in there. At least I hope so. But this is to a point of just like, are we going to finish the landscaping? It's just so, so bleak right now. Yeah. So I would say in a, in a normal time period, people mm-hmm. like a bank, for a construction loan makes you do like makes you have a 10% contingency, meaning like they will loan you 10% more than your anticipated cost Mm -hmm. to finish your project. And right now um, I think that's anywhere from like 20 to 30%, which is probably even low if you, you know, we're starting in the last 18 months because things have just skyrocketed. So if you're think you're building your house at the top of your budget and there's nowhere to go, that's pretty tight. Yeah. 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 And I, I think you have to like understand if you want in my home, what I try to, I have fairly like small 
um, home, like 3,200 square feet, which isn't gigantic, I think. Um, uh, I tried to do as much as I can into that as possible rather than building like a 5,000 square foot home because mm-hmm. that was more important to me, like the, the finishing yeah. touches. So that's something to consider when like trying to figure out what type of house you want to build. Do you want 5,000 square feet that you can grow into, you know, having four plus kids and whatever? Um, or do you want to kind of really put your mark on like a smaller square footage home, you know? Yeah. So that, that was my, that was my goal. I made that decision and I did the best I could doing it. Yeah. That's so cool. Okay. Another really big pain point for me was, um, on the exterior. Um, so I have a couple components to my exterior. I have real cedar shakes that are from Michigan pre-stain and they come pre-stain, they come stained already a color. So mine are, uh, a gray painted or stained cedar shake. And um, it looks more gray than it does wood grain, Mm -hmm. but you can see a little of that color and that texture coming through, which is warm and beautiful. So I have a cool color with a warm undertone coming through. I had to match the, the color of that real product to paint because I also have siding on certain parts. And then I also have stone around the foundation. So, um, I, it took me 13 tries to get the exterior color, right? Wow. Because what I finally learned, and this is what I want you guys to all know is that the painter who is mixing the color was not, was using a generic paint was not matching it to Ben Moore. And so I would choose a Ben Moore color. I would hold it up to the shakes. I'd be confident in it. By the time they painted it on one side of my house, I was like, it's too purple. It's too yellow. It's too pink. It's too everything. It was just like, It was like Russian roulette. I could not win. And I started getting in my head, like, I know I do this for a living. This shouldn't be that hard. And I know exterior color is really hard for people to get right. And so I just wanted to pass forward that if you're choosing a color, get the exact color from the actual company in the right base, because then you'll know that you're getting the exact color paint that you're specking. Otherwise you can't control that wild card of the generic paint and you don't know if you don't know why it's off, but it's off. And then you're trying to choose a new color off of Ben Moore to to go into Russian roulette again. And so finally, when we figured that out, I was like, I need you to use Ben Moore paint. And then we finally got there in like two or three tries. So that was the most maddening part of the process was at the end too, when we were applying paint and you know, the sun's going to be hitting in the UV and it might be lightning and you know, all of that stuff. So, uh, that one was maddening. Um, paint brand. Yes. I, I, the same exact thing happened with my exterior is just when you take a color and you mix it with a different base than what the original color you're looking at was, you're always going to get a different product. Mine unfortunately was like stucco on like the top part of my house. And when you mix that certain color with stucco, it darkens because the base is a lot darker than a white, than Uh, like the white base they use for paint. So um, one thing that was just like an oversight and uh, you know, like I said about like kind of rolling with the punches, we were just like, okay, now we're going to change the brick, you know, the color we're painting the brick and the um, columns in front and stuff. So we did that kind of adjusted to it. I feel like any build you're probably, unless you have like unlimited funds, there's going to be things that come up 
like that, that you're just going to have to adapt to Mm -hmm. and be okay with it. Go in with those expectations because if you think it's just going to just roll perfectly, it's going to be a really hard process. Definitely. I think it will start to roll perfectly if you build a lot of houses in your lifetime. Yes. But if this is your first rodeo, second rodeo, and there's been like seven or eight years in between the two rodeos, then it's, it's going to be different, Mm. you know, every time you can't control it. Yep. Uh, I guess one thing, and I don't know if this is realistic, but I was like, man, what could I tell them? What could I tell the listeners that I wish I had done? And I don't know if this is possible or what your builder's process is, but I wish I had said to my builder, can we meet once a week just to be able to keep the accountability there so that he could say to me, I need this from you this week. And I could say, these are the deliverables I have for for you from the week before Mm -hmm. and what wild cards happened this week. But like, you don't ever know when the builder's going to show up you know? Yeah. And so like, sometimes I'd go and I'd be like, Oh my gosh, you're here. Uh, mm, what, what do we need to tell each other? Cause we're here in person, you know? Yeah. And so I just feel like there's a lot that gets lost in translation. Sometimes you go to the house and you're like, what's happened for the last month. You know, you just can't see the progress. You don't know why. So I feel like I would ask for, or ask your builder before you start, like, what's your process of connecting? Do we, do we meet once a week? Is it every other week? You know, cause if they're just like, Oh no, I got it. I'll call you if I need anything. Then you're going to have a lot of frustrating visits to the house when you don't feel like it's moving forward. Yes. And that construction loan is ticking, yep. you know, yep. that's really hard. I would say too, like along with that is Builders probably won't like this advice, but be the squeaky wheel because your yes. builder has a bunch of other projects yes. going on. And yeah. if you're not being the squeaky wheel, like you'll get just just how we are as humans, like you're just going to get put on the back burner. And unfortunately, like I'm like really good at being, you know, in people's ear like that. But um, I feel like that's a tool that can really help you in a build because then you'll kind of, you know, keep that communication going and be able to get the things you want rather than being like, oh, Actually, that thing that you want that you tried to tell me about four weeks ago is now too far out. We don't have the time for it because we're supposed to close in six weeks or something and it's 10 weeks out. So um, that can probably help you avoid some of those issues too. Yeah, that's great. I love that. Um, Okay, a couple things that um, in our notes that we have is that you cannot predict the supply chain, um, what it will be doing at the time that you need it and the issues that you're having. Um, your builder hopefully will be pretty savvy about what he's experiencing on all the, all the other projects, but we had, we have a job that finished months ago and they're still opening the fridge with blue tape because hardware has just been so delayed. Yeah. Yeah. It just takes a really long time. Your appliances are, are really far way out. Um, my microwave just broke. And I was like, Oh, I'll just get the same one because it's perfectly cut below my cabinets to fit in. And I don't want to get another maker model because it won't, might not fit in. And it has to be this top down method because it's sitting below my countertops. Mm -hmm. And so I just ordered it yesterday. It's going to take till, um, let's see, we're recording this in June. It's going to take till September for me to get a replacement microwave. So I'm like, what do I do for my teenagers that microwave everything? Yeah. You know, so Mm -hmm. I think I have to buy a temporary microwave in the process of waiting for a microwave. Yeah. But for the rest of you, I think you've probably have all heard us talk to the appliance experts on here. They're saying six months. We've, what we're experiencing is more like, it depends on the brand, but maybe upwards of a year. Mm -hmm. So you're going to want to order those appliances at the very beginning of your build. And along with that, I say just order your hardware as soon as your cabinets are designed. So you can just start waiting for it. Yep. That's the name of the game with almost everything right now. Like in a typical job, you would say 
they go and frame everything. And then the windows guys come and like frame all the openings and then they order windows. You don't have time for that now. It's windows are 16 weeks out. That's average. Yeah. So um, order the windows so you, before they, you break ground. Yep. They order yeah. windows off of plans now. Crazy. Um, meaning that like everyone kind of has to be like more sure in their process moving forward, but that's just the way it is. So mm-hmm. you almost have to spec everything before a, sh- a shovel even like gets put in the dirt. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're having everything ordered and spec. And then when it comes in, it's just being put together. Yeah. So, so you're really locked into building that house because yeah. you got appliances on their way yeah. and hardware and windows and yeah, it's a different game. It is for sure. Um, besides time making decisions for you, um, HOAs and cities can um, also make that decision for you. Yeah, we, um, where I live, there's no HOA. I don't know. Your house is not I don't right. have an yeah. HOA. Um, uh, no, that's not true because I, my driveway, my garage faces the street mm-hmm. where um, my garage is on the same side as the house as the front door is. So it's not on the side of my house like a lot of people. So my driveway had to be wider because it's a three car garage. So it kind of starts narrow and then widens way out. Mm-hmm. And it was too much concrete for the HOA. Oh, for the, for probably the city CCNRs. Maybe that was it. Yeah. 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 So there, there will always be like requirements that an HOA has. If you don't have an HOA, there's going to be city CCNRs. I don't know what that stands for. I don't remember, but it's basically just rules and regulation that your city has put on for that um, neighborhood. Got it. It was the same thing for mine we wanted my driveway to go one way, but they, the city like made, they were like, Nope, that has to run East and West. Mm -hmm. They came out and looked at it and they're like, Oh, there's a storm drain here. So, um, I guess you can just put it the way you want to, even though it wasn't zoned for that. Oh, interesting. So there are, so it would have cost the city more money to move that storm drain than it was worth just to let me have it. And for whatever reason, like these are just arbitrary. Most of them are just arbitrary rules that the city has and no one created them, but everyone has to follow them type of thing we're experiencing that with the city we're building our building in right now, which is crazy. But uh, yeah, so those are things to look after. Make sure your builder knows um, those things beforehand, before you start, you know, even laying out where your house is going to be and how it's going to fit on your plot of land, because that may be, that may not work um, for the uh, city's CCNRs. So um that can be like a really frustrating thing. It, it almost was with us because they were like, oh, you need to orient your house differently. And it's like that floor plan wouldn't have worked for us, but we figured it out with the city. So I found if you push them a little bit, they're likely to kind of give you what you want, if that makes sense. Um, and probably every city's different, but yeah. you can always try to push back. Unless it's the city that we're building our new building in. Yeah, which doesn't happen. You can't push push them. Yeah. They'll push you back. But you know what? We're going to get a building regardless. So I think we still win. Yep, exactly. (laughs) Um, Okay, finding the right people to work with. The subs, a good tiler, a great cabinet maker, a painter. Mostly your builder is going to have these people. You can always recommend that you want to work with a certain sub too. If you have somebody that you've worked with before that you just love. Yeah. I know I chose a lot of my own people just because we're in this trade and my builder was fine with that. And also I feel like you're like voting for people with your dollar, the people that you really like. And I love giving business to people that I know and love and I trust them. And and when I take a shower and I look at my tile, I'm like, Oh, I just, I just love his work or you know, if it's the painter or the plasterer or whatever, it's just like your house feels a certain special way when you know that somebody really like worked in it and on it. Yep. So yeah. With that, it would be cool 
if I were going to build a house again, just to kind of meet with my builder and possibly walk through homes that they have built before and maybe notice the things that I didn't um, love and just maybe ask them questions on that. It's like, you know, if it was tile and I noticed like the tile job didn't look great, like what we could do to maybe find a different um, installer for the tile and all of that. Um, Cabinetry was one of those. I tried to not build my own cabinetry, but unfortunately like I was, just able to do a better job than what could have been put in there. And I'm like, if I'm opening and closing these doors and drawers mm-hmm. for the next, let's say decade of my life, I will hate it every single day. So I might as well just buckle down and just do it. Yeah. So um, if you can't do that yourself or your builder won't let you, a lot of them will not uh, try to just find the best subcontractor, have, have your general contractor find the best subcontractor that meets your needs. Yeah. So well said, that's great be kind to the subs and contractors, anyone that you're working with, they want to work with people that are gracious. Yep. I found that a lot on my job that I had a really special camaraderie with the finished worker. I had not worked with him before and it was super fun to sort of work with things. And I'd stop by each day and he'd be like, is this what you mean on the custom newel posts? And I'd be like, you nailed it. And it was just really fun. And I don't know, they like coming to work more. They like you more. They want to do a good job for you if you're kind to them. Yeah. Yeah. So treat them like family. That's, that's a really great point. And if you think about it, you kind of almost have to like pick your battles or I think being gracious to them is going to work in your advantage down the road. Cause somewhere along the line, you're going to like run into a hiccup mm-hmm. and they will be more likely to help you out with that and, and um, fix the issue. If you've been, you know, easy to work with previously. That's awesome. Yeah. Great point. Um, terminology. What are some of the, some of the terms to convey your ideas to seem more knowledgeable when you're talking to the contractor. A tool that I used uh, that I learned from you guys is just showing pictures. Yeah. Cause what is in your head? Like if you're trying to vocalize that, yeah, that can be really and hard. You're not part of the building trade. Yeah, exactly. Then for sure. You're not gonna have the right vernacular for it. So yeah, a picture is worth a thousand words. Yeah. And I, I kept a binder on me of like every part of my house, um, from the plans to the kitchen elevations. Um, all of my Pinterest files were on my phone so you could easily just pull them up. But if I could have it printed, I could leave it with him. And be like, this is what we're going after for the ceiling. It's yeah. like these three photos put together or whatnot. Or just email them. So you have like, you know, a paper trail of it. I always like to do that. So it's like, oh, actually I did send these to you on the 10th. Yeah, you know? good, and, good yeah. point. Good project management skill. Um, I love that. Yeah. So that's pictures, like you said, are worth a thousand words. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Well, guys, thanks so much for... Um, Thanks so much for listening today. Corey, was there anything else that you feel like we need to make sure that they know before they build? Um, I think it's, it will be as an enjoyable of a process as you make it to be. And you have to do some legwork as well, whether that's creating your expectations up to it or just knowing that, you know, you're going to have to make a bunch of decisions and just try to enjoy those Yeah, and just enjoy the process as much as you can. It's going to be frustrating. This thing is going to happen, but just like, you know, I'm, I only do this three, maybe four times in your lifetime, maybe not even that. So just try to enjoy it as much as you can. I like that. 
That's really great advice. Um, remember, if you guys are really interested in uh, interior design, how it's made, uh, follow us along at Alice Lane Interiors. That's going to show you the, de- the behind the scenes of interior design, uh, the decisions we're making, how we're getting there, and I think really good processes to follow to help you envision your new space. Thanks so much for following, guys. We'll catch you next time. Hey, thanks for listening. If you like our show, please leave a five-star rating. 